let the children be fed first. It's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Did you think you would ever hear Jesus talk like that? This distraught mother has come for help and he turns her away. He calls her and her tormented little girl dogs. And saying the woman and her child are dogs is rather like using the N-word. I mean, I would never let my kids talk to people like that. So what's going on? It's really interesting to watch the commentators squirm on this one. Some try to take the sting out by saying, oh, he's referring to puppies, not dogs. Nice try, but I don't think so. Others say, well, Jesus is tired, and the woman's come into the house to interrupt his rest, so no wonder he's kind of testy. And yes, that's true, but insulting needy people, even when he's tired, is really not Jesus' style. This really is an insult, and it's meant that way. One commentator finally says, well, Jesus has been caught with his compassion down. <laughs> we're shocked by what Jesus says, but his listeners were not. Their views of Gentiles and of women were not complimentary. In fact, the Pharisees had a daily prayer that, thank God, they were not created a woman or a Gentile. So they saw no particular insult in Jesus' comment. They were Jews. Jesus was a Jew. He'd come to the Jews. There wasn't time and energy enough for everyone. Why shouldn't he save himself for his own people? Why waste himself on those people? No, Jesus' listeners would not have reacted to what Jesus said as we do, but they would have been shocked by what happened next. The woman comes back with him at Jesus with a remark to which he has no answer. I mean, Jesus has consistently turned the tables on the Pharisees with their trick questions, the kind that are meant to entrap him. And now he doesn't know how to respond to her. Losing your touch, are you, Jesus? This is the only incident we know of where someone else gets the better of Jesus in an argument. And this from a woman, a Gentile woman. So let me stop for a minute and say that whether you like what I do with this sermon will in large part depend on your understanding of Jesus. There are folk who have what theologians call a high Christology, which means they really emphasize the divine side of Jesus. And such folk tend to think he knows all, sees all, understands all. Others have what we call a low Christology, which sees Jesus as God, yes, but also as a human being who must learn and grow like the rest of us. I tend to fall in the latter category. I believe that part of being human, and Jesus was fully human, is to learn and grow and change. And I think Jesus did that. I think he did it far better than any of us. I think he became an exceedingly mature adult. But you know, that doesn't just happen. Maybe that's why he waited so long to begin his ministry. After all, in an age when life expectancy was a lot shorter, 33 was probably middle age. What I see happening here is that Jesus does indeed brush this needy woman aside with some pretty harsh words, but her retort brings him up short. And you can just kind of hear him thinking, what have I said? What does this say to me and what does it say about me? 
You know, we all have moments that can change our view of the world. Someone says or does something, we read something, and suddenly the light goes on, and we see the world in a whole new way. Such events are dramatic, are, can sometimes be dramatic, and other times, you know, we almost forget about them. But in some way, they have changed us. And I think this was such a moment for Jesus. I think he learned something about himself, about his own culture and the damage it could inflict on other people, and even about his mission. So my question to you this morning is, if Jesus is capable of learning and growing, why should you be any different? In fact, I believe that any of us who seek to follow Jesus have a responsibility to follow his lead in this, this business of learning and growing, as much as in any other area. So where are the places, the people who challenge you? Where are the outsiders, the dogs in your life? Did someone tell you that they were meant to be excluded? Why? You know, every society is folk they want to exclude or turn into second-class citizens. In Jesus' day, it was Gentiles and women. Later days include folk of another race, another sexual orientation, another political party. Is that attitude any different from Jesus' contemporaries who called this woman a dog? My next question is, what does Jesus bring to this encounter that allows him to be open to her challenge? You know, some things are obvious. He was compassionate. He did want to heal this troubled child. I also suspect that another was his deep knowledge of his own faith. Not all of Judaism was closed. Isaiah has a lot to see about being a light to the nations. And there are other voices like his, and Jesus knew them. Their voices joined with the woman's to convict him and help him grow. So how much do you know about Christian faith? Did you stop learning when you finished eighth grade Sunday school? And how long ago was that? How, mm -hmm. how long has it been since you've taken an adult class? You know, I've had people come and say, well, I kind of am intimidated by going because everybody will know more than I do. Well, yeah, there are folks in some of those classes who know quite a bit, but not everybody. And how are you going to learn if you don't get started? But I'll also tell you that I find the folk who are newer at it tend not to be blinded by what they've always known and really ask the most interesting questions. It's the folk for whom it's new that it becomes exciting. And for those of you who are parents, I want to quote an article that appeared in Christian Century some years ago. The author says, forget the maxim that says, actions speak louder than words. Words are just as mighty as the deed for parents who want to pass their own religious beliefs onto their children. And those words are based on a study done at Purdue University that involved questioning students at the university. And her conclusion is, if a parent wants a child to have the same values, the child has to have an accurate understanding of what the parent believes. So do you know how to talk about your faith in a way that will help your children understand what it is you believe? If not, better start learning. 
There's a postscript to this story of Jesus and the woman that isn't readily apparent when you just read that paragraph. The child is healed, but Jesus changes far more than that. From this point on, his ministry goes out beyond the bonds of Israel. In the very next verses, a man from the Decapolis, a Gentile, is healed. And read the story of Mark, and you'll see other ways in which, from this time on, Jesus begins to reach out more and more beyond the narrow confines of Judaism. And what he learns has changed how he acts. I mean, if he hadn't, where would we be? We owe a great debt to this woman who kept doggedly asking for what she needed. Amen.